Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and you're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. It has been a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and I hope everything's been fine with you, too. We're continuing on in our talk about heaven. We have been going through the Christmas countdown, the Advent calendar, but I thought it was really necessary today to talk about something very, very serious that had come up on one of my social media uh, live broadcast screen streams, and then it also came up on a number of comments, and I'm going to read it to you, concerning heaven and sin. And we're going to take one aspect of it and look and see what the scripture says, and then go into a very, very serious, it's going to be kind of brief, but a very intense study, and take a look at the reality of God's memory. And so we'll talk about that in a little bit. I want to thank you for being with me. My name is Brad Zonko, and after this recording studio, I'm going back to the calendar and setting up a traveling schedule for 2024 as the Lord would allow. And I'm telling you what, it has been something else right now in talking with the many pastors and Bible leaders around the country. Right now, I can just tell you off, I don't have the calendar in front of me, but from memory, from those that have been uh, set and ready to go, I will be in Maryland, uh, Texas, Arizona, uh, right now, Virginia and West Virginia and Pennsylvania, Delaware as well. And so uh, it looks like things are starting to get together here. I'll be starting in February, moving around and then going on through till the holidays at the very end of 2024. It is going to be a very active time for me. And I want to thank you so much for your support, your prayer, your encouragement. Listen, if you'd like to know more about my travels and also about what the ministry is concerning, and even going into our questions about Heaven page, well then go to our website. The website is theheaventour.com. Once again, theheaventour.com. And in there, you can find out where I've been this past year. And at the beginning of the calendar year, it'll all be erased and it'll put down the tentative places in where I'll be going. And so you can take a look, and if you're in the area and say, hey, come on down our way, then let's talk, okay? I'd love to be able to talk with you and see if we can't get together. I want to thank you so much for your prayer and your support. If you'd like to be on our prayer list, please let me know, and then I will contact with our volunteer staff and put you on there where you'll receive regular prayer requests from people around and within uh, the teaching area. Boy, today, uh, this morning, on the two social media that I teach on TikTok and on YouTube, we had visitors from the Netherlands, from Canada, all over, from different provinces of Canada, as well as uh, states anywhere from West Virginia to uh, California to Connecticut to Florida. They were all over. And uh, we had, uh, let me see, in the past couple of days, Ireland, Scotland, England, uh, we had... um, uh, different uh, friends uh, coming in around internationally and locally as well. And we even have some truckers, and you can't pin them down to one state. And they have been listening. And so a lot of the comments come up, and I'd like to answer those as we go on. So today I'm going to take some time and deal with this one question, which I think maybe some people have in their heart and their mind. 
for the believer, what will the Christian be facing in heaven in the area of sin? So we're going to talk about something that may have come up in your mind, and I want to share that with you as well. If you'd like to uh, learn more about uh, the ministry, I am on live on YouTube in the morning times at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you'd like to follow me on TikTok live and even ask, we have a Q&A time, you can ask questions. That would be on TikTok at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then on Instagram, I will come on uh, during that time. And I'm aiming to have evening classes on these different social media as well. Let you know more about that. Our books are available on Amazon, Heaven, the Adventure Begins, and then What is Heaven All About? Both on Amazon and any of the purchases help us. And, and in our ministry here, if you'd like to donate to our ministry at the end of the year here, uh, we would absolutely love uh, to be able to get new equipment for recording and then uh, get new print. Uh, we're, we're working on new things to hand out to churches in which I go, note papers and different things along that line, and actually get into another book. And uh, there are some different setup fees and different things as we're getting those things together. And so your donations to our 501c3 corporation would be greatly appreciated, and you will receive a tax-deductible recognition on that. Since we are 501c3, your gift is tax-deductible as well. So thank you so much. Let's talk about this question. I'm going to read exactly what came over on one of the social media that I teach. And the person said, my question to ask is, God going to reveal all of our sins to other people in heaven? That's my question. This was in response to an earlier video that I had posted on uh, TikTok in which I talked about the joy of not getting some things in heaven. I mean, think about it. We talk about the different treasures on the reward seat of Christ, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. But isn't it also nice to know that it tells us in Revelation 21.4, the old order of things has passed away. Well, I can tell you right now, personally, what's the old order of things? The way I am. The sinful life I've had. My past. That's the old order of things. Those have all passed away. The promises in heaven. And reminding us in Revelation 21, verse 27, that there is nothing in heaven, in our new estate, the eternal estate that we read about in Revelation 21 and 22. There's nothing that defiles. That's what it says in verse 27 of Revelation 21. Nothing that defiles. Well, that would be sin, wouldn't it? Or even the memory of sin. Don't we get depressed sometimes? We realize how rotten we've been prior to salvation. Or, like in Romans chapter 7, how we fall now. Now, we're thankful that 1 John 1, 9 promises the Christian, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, But we also realize, like Paul says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things I want to stay away from, I end up doing. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? You can hear the agitation when we read it aloud. He just is bothered want to do right, and I want to be able to follow the right way, and it's not happening. I need a victory, which comes in Jesus Christ, as the end of the chapter tells us. In leaning upon him, the believer that comes to Jesus Christ for salvation, giving his or her life over to the Lord, including the sins that will be thrown as far as the east is from the west, it says in Psalm 103, verse 12, that they will be thrown behind God's back, he says, 
in Isaiah chapter 38, verse 17. Okay, those are taken care of, all right? And we can walk anew with him. But the question here is, okay, well, they were taken care of, which doesn't uh, bar me from heaven, but will they be a memory? Will they be something that is going to be brought up in the past? Like, ah, 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 and then there's a, there's a, a celestial finger pointing at you in heaven. Don't do that, you know, don't, don't go that way because you know how you were. Hey, let me tell you all how this person was on earth. Let me tell you what I saved them from. Let me tell you what their past was prior to coming to salvation or how they've been yeah, pretty sneaky whenever they were in their Christian walk as well. Let me remind you of that. And that's what this and others have said this week. Will God bring up those sins, not to condemn us or to punish us, but just to remind us where we are to keep us humble, all right? Well, I can give you opinion, and that won't go anywhere. But let's take a look at the scripture and see a very, very important point, which I think will set your minds at ease. We are being told, uh, reminded, that God says, um, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 34, God says, I will remember their sins no more. And then you see that repeated in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12. I will remember their sins no more. Are you getting a pattern here? Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 17, I will remember their sins no more. I think that's absolutely wonderful that we receive this continual reminder. These things are gone. They are taken care of. Now, what about the memory of those? What about the remnant of those? Well, if we see in the Bible, you know, well, our sins will be over here and there will be kind of like a, a, a ledger. And then God will say, hey, listen, just to keep you humble, let me read these aloud to everybody else. And we're shamed? Or is that old uh, track that was handed out, somebody had talked about that today in one of my online live streams. There was a track that was put out. I'm not going to say the name of the, of the company or, or the ministry. You know what I'm talking about. In the 70s, they were little comic book tracks put out. And one was, I think it was called This Is Your Life. And it shows a giant screen in front of everybody. All the things you've ever done are being shown to everybody in the existence of heaven. Well, that's just not biblical. And I think a lot of people have taken that to be gospel, that that would actually be what happens, that everybody will see how you've been saved or unsaved. All right, well, then let's take a look at the scriptures. And I could go around the scriptures, as I said, I will remember your sins no more. So why would they be brought up if he's not going to remember those? Uh, Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 17, Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 12, Jeremiah 31 and verse 34. God's going to walk with us. There's nothing in the in heaven that will defile, and that would be a defiling memory uh, on there. But let me give you one especially important. We go through 1 Corinthians 13. In heaven, we will see the reality of this just as we are told to emulate this on earth. This is Jesus' love for us and how we should share with others, okay? So I'm going to, as you know, I rotate reading the different uh, the different translations as I go through, uh, reading those that are very faithful to the word and uh, to the original language. And so I want to do that. I'm going to go to the ESV today and then drop down to the list of love on what uh, love is and also what it is not. And this is Jesus' love. It's a description of what Jesus' love is for us. Okay, And it says this. Okay, Remember, this is also going to be displayed in heaven where things are unhindered where our relationships are now blossoming. 
And so what does it say in um, when we take a look in the scriptures on everything that will be new, unprecedented, Revelation 21, verse 5, it'll all be presented without the curse, because the curse, Revelation 22 and verse 3, is gone. So now we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, starting with verse 4, an example of what love will be like when it's in its purified, uninhibited state. Here we go. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. When we take a look, we can keep uh, looking down through some very, very powerful passages here, uh, or or words here in this passage. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing. It rejoices with the truth. It love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Now, follow this. I'm going to take it over to the legacy version. And listen as it gets very, very intense in here, word for word in the original Koine Greek. I'm going to read it again. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. Love is not puffed up. It does not act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. Now listen very carefully. It does not take into account a wrong suffered or a wrong done. It does not rejoice in unrighteousness, rejoices with the truth. All right, what is this saying here, this passage? When we're in heaven, we're going to be able to enjoy love uninhibited the way love should have been in the very first place without any curse, without any sin. And so, what will love be like in heaven? It's patient. It is very kind. This love is not jealous. Jesus isn't saying, listen, you're paying attention more to that person than you are to me. Or I don't like the idea that you're over there and you seem to like feasting with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then you are be with me. No, it's not jealous at all. It is not that way. But it says this especially. It does not act unbecomingly. I want you to see that. Will God be bringing up my past sins just to keep me humble in heaven? Well, it says here, in one way, one translation says, well, love's not rude. I can recall being at a dinner uh, back when I was single and I was traveling, speaking to different churches and school chapels and things like that, years and years ago. This would be in the 80s. And uh, I remember very clearly we were all sitting there eating, and um, someone had made mention of, uh, I think it was a sibling to another one, and brought up something embarrassing uh, in the course of our conversation, because everybody was starting to loosen up and enjoy themselves as we were talking and said something about the other sibling's past, and the other one became highly upset, and said, well, thank you, sarcastically. That was really uncalled for. You really are very tactless. This is what they said. They were trying to keep their temper, and the meal was just totally thrown upside down because of this person's comment. Well, that was rude. Well, the Bible says, you know, okay, you brought something up that didn't need to be brought up. Well, would that be your sins? If we're saying that there is no presence of sin in heaven, why would there be the memory of sin being brought up in heaven? You see, this term, act unbecomingly, 
uh, if you have the King James Version, it would say unseemly. That Greek word is askemoneo, askemoneo. Now, it comes from two words. The word uh, ah, when you have the letter a, alpha, that means without or not. It's equivalent to un, putting it in front of a word. You're at rest, you're at unrest, it's the opposite, okay? Ah would be that way, without. But the second word is schema, where we get the word scheme, or, or setup, or structure, okay? It literally means in the Greek an outward shape or an external form. So it's saying this, when you act unbecomingly, when you are rude, you're going contrary to the way things are. People are polite at the table, they're very kind, but you say something in a manner that is not proper for conversation here to keep people's dignity or at least to respect their space within your root. Oh, and it says love doesn't do that. So what would it be like, you know, if something uh, ugly was brought up about your past, that God would say, hey, I got something funny to tell you all. No, that's rude. And it says love doesn't do that. Because love knows that this would, this would embarrass you, this would harm you, this might bring you to tears, and Revelation 21.4 says, there are no tears in heaven. If you are rude, you are not displaying love. Now, when we say this right now, we know that we fight this because many times we love ourselves. But in heaven, the agape love of giving takes it in a whole new direction too. When we see this wonderful, wonderful truth of following the pattern and the joy, not the chaos. The chaos is gone. But we are saying this. Oscar Maneo says, I'm going against the way that social standards are or moral standards are. And so it embarrasses somebody. It shames somebody. You could say it this way. Love is tactful. Tactful. And I think that this is a very, very important point here to remember this. Because love is not set up, it is, it is not kind. You know, you've been to a party and a spouse says something about the, 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 the other spouse, which is really not meant for anybody else to hear. And then as you're thinking, man, there's going to be a good conversation in that car ride home. Well, these are things that are brought up that were very untoward, uncalled for. Love doesn't act that way. And this is the ultimate love in the heavenly love. Now, you have another part here, which I love, to bring up as well, and it tells you at the end of verse 5, and we're just in one verse for this whole podcast, and it says this, love does not take into account a wrong suffered. Now, when it says take into account, that's logizomai, and that word really comes from a word logos, which means reason. It's saying this, love does not account, does not start accounting and listing things done wrong. This is like a, a bookkeeper term that, oops, you did that. So, oh boy, we're going to have a fun time in uh, one of the times when we're all around feasting and I'm going to stand up and clink on the glasses. Everybody be quiet. Let me say something embarrassing that happened here. I can recall years back, I was on a staff in a, in a church and the pastor sat down and the entire staff was sitting there. I had I was an assistant pastor and made a very, very foolish accounting mistake. And it was uh, rectified. It was taken care of uh, on here. But I was actually scheduling a trip uh, into uh, the, uh, the summer camp for our students and had rented a bus because we were traveling numerous hours and then had assigned it. And I had totally missed a column of figures. Ended up, uh, it was a mistake by about $1,000. 
but a, a, a very well-to-do uh, church member lovingly saw the mistake and fixed it. So everything was fine and, and gave it, and, and I was you know, most thankful for this. This would be back in the 90s uh, on here. We had a meeting a, a month later, and we're all sitting around, and the senior pastor says, well, let's all talk. I just want our staff to know each other better. I would say there was probably about 10 of us sitting around. I was sitting next to the senior pastor, and he said, well, let's just start if we're going to be honest. And he patted me on the shoulder, and he says, Brad is one of the worst financial uh, 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 accountants that I would know. He has absolutely nothing to do when it comes to uh, uh, knowing the books. I was speechless. It had been one accounting error, which was taken care of. And the accusation was that I had no way, and I had been running budgets for, for students for years, uh, over a decade at that time in this one thing. He patted me on the back condescendingly and said, and he wasn't much older than me, he is the worst person with figures that I know. The entire place got stock still. I was mortified. I could not speak at that time. I wasn't angry, but I was deeply embarrassed on that. And then later on, I guess, you know, when we left, I just didn't know what to say. We finished the meeting out, and people came by and actually apologized to me, and some were aware of the situation. I believe one of the other staff talked with him because that night I received a phone call of a very repentant senior pastor saying, I'm so sorry. I just, you know, didn't didn't know what. I remember that. And, of course, and, and I'm still very dear friends with this person, which is, which is why the person remains nameless today. But I can recall the intense embarrassment I felt because something was accounted, was, was taken into account, especially really in the financial sense, too. There was an account of the wrong that was done. This term is a bookkeeping term, and it means like you're going to put something in an account book. So I'm going to account in this one section, this column, of all the things you've done wrong. Boy, do I have a list. I'm going to bring it up on uh, in the heavenly realm that we just might keep you in line. No, it says it doesn't take into account things done wrong. So aren't these two powerful, powerful thoughts within here? Love does not do things that are embarrassing. Neither does it take into account things done wrong. Have I done things that uh, were wrong? And, and still, I ask the Lord for uh, forgiveness for things as I uh, look to him and everything. Yeah, 1 John 1, 9, the promise to the believer. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I find joy and strength in that too. And so may we remember that God is not sitting here intent on embarrassing us in his home. This is his home. It's a home of love and of kindness. And that won't be part and parcel of it. I want to thank you today for listening. Thank you so much. If you'd like to know more about our ministry, theheaventour.com, go on over and take a look. Thank you so much. This is Brad. I've run a little bit over time here. God bless you, and Lord willing, we'll talk soon. In order for The Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax-deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end-of-year gift. You can send your gift to The Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina, 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.